world. Where is my world, you ask? Wrong! First you must ask who I am. Who am I? I am Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. Now ask me where my world is. Where is my world? Not relevant! For it is the world of one solitary man, though he, being me, be not necessarily solitary, because, listeners, he, again being me, is joined today in his world by two guests. One of them, his, meaning my, constant companion, Yesman, and the other, a sickly divorced grump, who is Scott, and together we all have joined under the banner of me to bring you... One Man's World. Today's One Man's World is brought to you by MTV. MTV pointing out that we no longer play music videos does not make you snarky. Now then, Yesman, Scott, each of you say something. Yes. Now you, Scott. What? Precisely. I couldn't have scripted it any better. Well, yes, I could have, but would I have? Of course. Should I have? In retrospect, yes, I should have. Because all Scott said was, what? Which, while it certainly accurately reveals his character, it did not contribute anything to the overall quality of the show. And considering the fact that I'm paying him to be here so that he isn't forced to spend the rest of his days chained upside down to a wall in Detcher's prison, and also considering the fact that even though I'm paying him to be here, he isn't even here because his legs are broken, and he's simply joining us via Skype from the comfort of his own home where he doesn't even have to put on shoes or open the blinds or wash the one plate he keeps using and reusing and reusing. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, if you don't want me to be on your show, just hang up on me. Cut me off. It would be a relief for me. If I turn down your money, that'll weigh on my conscience, and I won't be able to sleep at night. But if you capriciously snatch it away, and there's nothing I can do about it, then, well, hey, then I'll peacefully sink deeper and deeper into debt until I disappear. And, you know, I've heard drowning isn't such a bad way to go. Better! That was better, Scott. I could still have scripted it better, of course, but that was certainly a step up from... What? What? Uh, what? Wasn't that better, Yesman? Yes, yes, it was. A ringing endorsement from Yesman, Scott. That has to make you feel better. And yet, somehow, it doesn't. (laughs) Ah, nothing ever does, Scott. Nothing ever makes you feel better. Yesman, from what you've observed, does everything not make Scott feel better? Yep. Well, Scott, you may be beyond hope, but you're here on the show with us today, so we might as well talk about something that makes many, many other people feel better. No, Scott, I'm not talking about non-shattered legs or flickers of recognition in the eyes of their estranged children when they briefly stop by to retrieve the last of their toys. I'm talking about my newest book. Daniel, you're uh, you're one book away from finishing your sci-fi series, am I right? As much as I believe that your readers are asking for anguish by, in general, by investing themselves in your work, you have to stop tormenting them with all these prequels. I do have five more Galactic Mercenary Conquest Gamma Ray digital prequels in various stages of production at the moment, but no, none of those are the book I'm talking about now. Okay, so what's this book? Scott, usually in this situation, I would choose, as I often do, to answer your question with a question. But not this time. This time I'm going to answer your question with an answer. But first I'm going to ask you a question. And before you jump down my throat, I'd like to point out that this question I'm asking is not in response to your question, which I will eventually be answering with an answer, but is rather a question that I'm asking in spite of your question, and in no way should it be construed as an answer, because it's not an answer to your question or any question. It is simply a question. 
And just so you know, I'd appreciate it if you answered this question with an answer and not a question. Here's the question. Blurbs? What? Oh, Scott. And here I thought we'd made so much progress, but no, here you are again with your... What? What? Did you hear him, Yesman? He refuses to grow. Yes. Yes, Daniel, I heard him. You didn't ask a question. You said... I don't even know. I don't even know what you said, but it was it was one syllable inflected like a question. I said blurbs, Scott. Blurbs. Blurbs. Yes, blurbs. Blurbs. Yes, man. Did I say blurbs or not? Yes, you definitely said blurbs. See blurbs. B l u r b s. Blurbs. 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 How many times do I have to say blurbs before you understand that we're talking about blurbs, Scott? Blurbs, like the little endorsements from reviewers or other authors printed on the cover of a book, like those kind of blurbs, is that what you're saying? Yes, Scott, those kinds of blurbs. Okay, so what about them? That's the book. What's the book? Blurbs! Blurbs, Scott! Yes, man, the book is blurbs, yes? Yes, it's blurbs. But how can a book be blurbs? What are you talking about? The book is blurbs. It's a book comprised of blurbs. The collected blurbs of Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. But blurbs! What blurbs! I understand that it's blurbs. I get it. It's blurbs. But how is that a book? Why is that a book? Scott, I want you to imagine something. Do you know how to imagine? It's when I tell you the way things are, and therefore you believe that's the way they are. That's not, that is not imagining. So, no, that's not imagining. So, imagine that you have a book in your hand. You're looking at the cover of the book. Now, imagine you know how to read, so you... But I do know how to read, Daniel. I'm not illiterate. You know that. that. That's fine, Scott. But right now, we're imagining you know how to read. So, just... But I do know how to read. You know I know how to read. You're imagining very well, Scott, but let's not stop at imagining you can read. Let's get past that. That's not the ultimate point of this imagination exercise. So you look down at the cover of the book, and since you can read, you see that I have written a blurb for this particular book and that the blurb is printed on the front cover just below the title and just above the author's name. Now, imagine that you can read the blurb, and so you do. You're blown away by it. You love the blurb. You scan the front cover for more blurbs by me. There are none. You look on the back cover. You flip through the pages, hoping for more blurbs by me, but there's only the one. Disappointed, you use scissors to cut the blurb off of the cover of the book so you can keep it, and then you hurl the book into a furnace and incinerate it. Sounds like quite a blurb. Oh, it is, Scott. They all are. And that's why I've collected all of them in one handy volume. Until now, in order to have all of my blurbs, fans of my blurbs have had to purchase all of the awful books on the covers of which my blurbs have appeared. But no longer. Now they can simply purchase the collected blurbs of Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist, and they will have all of my blurbs in one place. Okay, so as the default voice of reason on this show, I suppose... It's my place to ask, why do you write blurbs for books that you think are awful, number one? I'm sure you're paid well or something, but doesn't endorsing something that you think is bad hurt your brand? Doesn't, doesn't that make your fans less likely to trust your judgment and perhaps even begin to question the quality, the quality of your own work? Uh, well, my fans don't read the books, Scott. They don't know the books are bad. They just know I didn't write them, so why read them? I write enough books to keep them satisfied. 
Truth be told, I don't read the books I blurb either. I just know they're bad. But I get to express myself creatively in the form of a blurb. The author sells more books because my fans buy the book in order to have my latest blurb. My fans get to have a new blurb to read and reread hundreds or thousands of times if they so desire, which many of them do. And whatever fans the author may already have get to read my blurb, see how the actual book pales in comparison to my blurb, and then abandon that author and become fans of me. Everyone wins. I don't actually believe this is how this plays it out. Like, this isn't how anything happens, Daniel. But your argument for your blurb philosophy is that it ruins the careers uh, of the authors you write blurbs for. No, listen, Scott. The authors sell tons of books to people who want to own my latest blurb. But then they won't sell any books next time when their next book comes out. Because all their fans will have converted to Daniel Lampley fans, according to you. No, again, Scott. They'll sell even more books the next time, as long as they have me do another blurb for them at a greatly increased price. Okay, but now that you're releasing this book of all the collected blurbs so far, won't your fans stop buying the books the blurbs originally appear on and just wait for the next volume of... The collected blurbs, and when that happens, authors and publishers are going to stop paying you for your blurbs. You're shooting yourself in the foot, Daniel. Although, again, I should stress that I believe almost none of what you've told me thus far. Okay, listen, Scott. My fans won't stop buying the books, Scott. They'll buy the books and the future volumes of my collected blurbs. They buy it all, Scott. I've released my album Shape Over or Ship Outward 34 times, with each reissue featuring worse and worse production values. The latest reissue was actually recorded by putting one of those little cassette tape recorders in the same room as a CD player playing a scratched copy of the previous reissue and pressing record. Then I did it again with the tape recorder sitting even further from the CD player and released it as a two-disc special edition. Everyone bought it. Yes, man, you bought it, right? Yes, Daniel, I, I definitely bought it. But, Scott, not because I need to give my fans further incentive to buy my book, but rather out of the generosity of my own heart, as an added bonus, I've included in the book 100 brand new, never-before-seen blurbs. Okay, so these are, uh, I could assume, blurbs that were rejected the first time? No, Scott, of course not. My work is never rejected. These are blurbs that exist independently of books. These are blurbs in their purest form. These are blurbs... For the sake of blurbs. Okay. Um, so I suppose it's inevitable that we hear a couple of these blurbs that you wrote. Fine. Correct? Yep, fine. Scott, you've convinced me. Uh, also, I should mention that all of the author's names and the titles of the books that these blurbs were written for have been omitted out of respect for the blurbs. Oh, of course. It would be unseemly for the blurbs to be used for promotional purposes. Exactly. So here's one. Name omitted, writes like an anthropomorphic typewriter dictating to an anthropomorphic pencil using a pen gripped between his teeth to peck at a computer keyboard. Is that supposed to be complimentary? It's not supposed to be anything except art, Scott. You sound like a real rube right now. Wait, hold on. If the pencil is anthropomorphic, why does he have to grip the pen with his teeth? Why doesn't he just use his hands? Pencils don't have hands, Scott. Yes, man. Is it true that pencils don't have hands? Yes. Well, they don't have teeth either, though, Daniel. I, I forget it. All right, well, here's another one. 
a treat. But treat is spelled T-R-E-E-T because that may or may not have been the author's last name. So no effort at all on your part on that one. One more. Name Omitted's latest novel, Title Omitted, is a book about what it means to be a person making choices, making decisions, living life, and what it means to desire necessary needs. In my favorite scene, a child survives a direct hit by an atomic bomb, and when the rescue team finds him under a pile of bomb pieces, he's like, somebody get me a beep cigarette. (laughs) And, of course, that scene is not in the book you wrote the blurb for because... You did not read the book. You just made the scene up off the top of your head. You know, I just like to say blurb. Blurb, 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 blurb. It's like the more I say it, the more meaningful it becomes. Do you like to say blurb, Yesman? Yes. Blurb. This has been One Man's World with Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. Today I was joined by Yesman and Scott, who, now that I think about it, I don't even believe has a last name. You know I have a last name, Daniel. Today's episode is brought to you by MTV. MTV pointing out that we no longer play music videos does not make you snarky. We'll be back with more of me on One Man's World after this word from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs>